Welcome to this edition number 41 of Don't Listen to Us. This is the last show of 2018. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Hope everyone's having a great holiday season. We've been just doing nothing for the most part. We've been very wonderfully lazy. Lazy and not. We had a lovely little quiet family Christmas. Uh, Damon ruined it by opening all his presents a week early. Because <laughs> he's a man and he can do that. And he I needed... don't got to wait for Christmas. No, he needed underwear. <laughs> and the dish rack we got him. <laughs> he likes his dish We're rack. We're such awful parents. For whatever reason, I don't remember why we did it, but last summer, and I will admit I'm the one who decided this, <clears throat> I didn't like our our dish rack where we put the dishes to dry. And so we got rid of it. And so this has just been lying on, not the countertop, there's a spot for it with runoff on and the that sink, kind of stuff. Yeah. On the sink, But it hasn't been the greatest thing. We've lost a couple of glasses because people, for some bizarre reason, need to get that thing underneath that thing and knock the glasses <laughs> over. All my good glasses now smash. This family hates me. I'm an interloper. Let's smash all of his glasses. Okay. So Damon has been complaining about this because he's also been complaining about the fact that we're making him do the dishes now, so he doesn't like that. But he wanted a better dish rack. And so we were in Costco a couple of weeks ago, and I saw this very nice dish rack, as dish racks go. I thought, oh, wouldn't this be funny to get this as a Christmas present for Damon and wrap it up? Like, and so it's a big box. Oh, yeah. He and was very it's, intrigued. It's heavy. In that. And then, because I'm me, I tormented him about this is what you've asked for. It was expensive, but it's what you Big, wanted. heavy. It drove him mental. It <laughs> so, did. You were so mean. I, I was so was. And loving every minute and of so it. And so like three days early, I don't know if you've seen the video, you can check it out on uh-huh. uh, YouTube. Well, three days early, he was like, I can open this. And, and he do opened it. it. Yeah, his head was, was in his hands. Funny. What is this? Come on. Yeah, we, we absolutely uh, he likes enjoyed it. that far too much. Yeah, absolutely. He likes his dish rack. I like his so dish rack. I, the only problem we have is that because of... The surface that was there before, it's not just a flat plane. Um, the water doesn't run off as, as efficiently yeah, as it should. Unfortunately. But, yeah, a minor problem. We're all right. Anyway, like I said, this is the last show of uh, 2018. I got to say for me, it was 2018 was a damn good year. Yes. Mostly because of you. Aw. Well, yeah. Me too, sweetheart. We had a wonderful, our first full year together. We did. New I wished we years. were back in Australia for this Christmas. True. But anyways, we can't have it all, That's can we? we were last year, a week ago this time, we were in Australia. We were actually on, on a beach we're, swimming on Christmas Day. Yes, we were. It was beautiful, so we miss all of our family back yeah. back there. But we had a, a lovely Christmas. Hopefully everyone up there had the same. Had you yeah. had a wonderful, happy, safe Christmas. Um, our official cor- Australian correspondent, um, oh, which, yes. No, no, no. Hang on. Let me finish. Um, he only got that title for a week. I have to take it away from him. Because you and him have been flirting on Instagram. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm tired I of was it. invited over for Christmas dinner. I know. I yes. wasn't. You was. Well, you... Yeah. No, 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 no. He has my email address. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is so... Excited, I think, to be our official Australian correspondent. No, he's not. I just said he wasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm rescinding. Oh that. no, 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 no! You have to consult with me. This is my show as well. And he Damn is it. so. Uh, you are. He's not rescinded. All right, fine. No. Uh, we got our first email from our official Australian correspondent. Uh, listening to the, see, this is why. This is why I'm dumping what? him. What? 
Listen to the latest episode as I trundle around Sydney on a 33, 34 degrees Celsius day. Yeah, well. For those folks in America, that's 85. Yes. Well, he is sending pictures of giant prawns and, and beautiful weather and yeah. pavlova and Christmas pudding and, oh, my gosh, such a tease. I never did like this guy. Mercy, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sean, you're just a man and an idiot. Uh, fair enough. I didn't know. <laughs> My goodness. Truth be told, he's, okay. he's right on both counts. I wow. Mean, there is plenty of evidence that I'm right. he's right on both counts. Right? Well, okay, explain. When a woman says she doesn't want anything, it clearly means she does want a gift. And, of course, the same applies to men. It does. I know. I really don't want anything, but you better get me the thing. You're in, 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 in exactly the, what I want. At the very least, you better get me something. Mm. Guys, this is a hint for you that, that men have had to learn over and over and over again through generations. A woman says, no, it's okay. I don't want anything. She actually, in fact, does. Yeah. Do not go in any Valentine's, birthday, New Year, Christmas, anniversary. If she says she doesn't want anything, you damn well better get her something. Well, but to tell you the truth, I truly would have cared less if I had have gotten anything for Christmas at all. But neither, I, I, neither does our OAC. Okay. No one believes you. Okay. Fine. It certainly would have been true of me, if only because my life experience has been, I haven't had very many Christmases with presents. I've had more Christmases without presents than I have Christmas with presents. So mm. It doesn't mean that. And, 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 and the other problem is, and I completely acknowledge this, is that my champagne taste beer budget mm-hmm. has dictated that the people I've been with can't afford the gifts I actually want. Oh, no. No, I you mean, know? it's crazy. What do you want for Christmas? A Nikon D850. And yeah. Melissa goes, how much is that? $4,500. You're not getting that. No, you know? Sorry, dude. Not happening. So the things I want, as I've gotten older and, 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 and more refined in my taste and theory, shit's expensive. Yes, it is. What do you want, what do you want for your birthday? A Ferrari? Well, I'm not getting <laughs> that. You know, I mean, well, you asked what I wanted. That's what I want. You know? Rory would get you a toy one. Yeah, well, I've done that before to people. Yes. <clears throat> so anyway, that's... that's um, I for me Christmas is 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 wonderful for family and food and memories and that kind of stuff. But yeah. gifts don't mean a whole lot. If, really. if I get something, I'm 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 going to appreciate it. And I'm going to love it. If Rory was here, I would have gotten more from him to people. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't here, so. Uh, Scott says my partner and I agreed, air quotes, not to buy each other anything for Christmas. This is mainly due to the financial difference in our relationship. Of course, between my birthday, the 23rd, happy birthday, Scott, happy and birthday. Christmas Day, an alarming, lar- alarmingly large pile of presents magically appeared under our tree, which required me to brave the stupid chaos of the shops in Sydney on Christmas freaking Eve to get him something. <sighs> Ask Melissa to explain what an esky is. I know what an esky is. I remember I was in Australia for a while. All right. It's, a, it's what we call a cooler. Uh, a cooler. Icebox. Esky from Eskimo. Very essential in Australian Which life. Which means that Australians are, are racist bastards. Well, everybody knows that. Well, no, it used to be called an Eskimo bag. When I was mm-hmm. a kid, it, it had a penguin on it and a little Eskimo, uh, you, know, you know, fur hat, that whole stereotype Eskimo. I remember there was a, a, an igloo in the background and there was a penguin there. And I learned later, there's no penguins in, in, in no, the Arctic. No, that's right. But that was, they were called Eskimo bags. Oh, I didn't know when that. To me, to it's re- just always been an esky. Yeah, when we used to refer to Inuit as Eskimo. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's a pejorative term. You don't use it anymore. Uh, but that's probably where esky comes from because you all, you, you Australians like to shorten words. We do, and so, I didn't even know when I was a kid what an Inuit was. Yeah, no so. Well, now that I, it wasn't a word we used. Yeah. But anyway, Scott 
betrays his own statement. He said, you're such a man and an idiot. When a woman says she doesn't want anything, it clearly means she does want a gift. So you said you didn't get anything for your partner, but then you went around to braid the stupid chaos of shops and said you're Christmas freaking Eve. To get him something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. See, the obligation comes through when you know that someone's got you a gift. The moral of the story, of course, is the joy is in the giving of a gift, not in the getting. So stop being a jackass, Sean. Uh, He's right. It is. I love giving gifts. Even little things. I got you this, what I think, a very pretty little pair of earrings, which uh-huh. you haven't worn. Not yet. We haven't gone anywhere for me to wear them. Um, and a necklace. And I love I love giving you. Oh, the necklace. The, yes, they're beautiful. Yeah. Really. And I bought the necklace more than a year ago. Yeah. When we were still in our dating phase. And I was trying to impress you. Oh, you were trying to get laid. <laughs> That's what it was, wasn't it? That's what I said, dating. Oh. Aren't the two synonymous? <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, moving on. As a side note, in my role as official Australian correspondent, here's your first news from down under. We should have actually have a... News from down under. And it's disturbing news. Oh. Giant redback the size of a golf ball discovered on an Aussie home. Oh, my God. Explain what that means. A giant redback spider yes. was discovered. So a big spider was in the home. So big deal. Well, redbacks, you don't want to be bitten by a redback. This is the issue. That's the song, you know, on the toilet seat. There was a redback on the toilet seat when I was there last night. It's a song. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you, I thought you knew about that song. The only spider Scott. song we have in North America is the It's a Bitsy Spider. Oh, you no, got no. one about getting bit in the ass? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you should. My grandmother, well, for the for most of my young adult life, a child and going into young adulthood, my aunt still had the toilet man come and they didn't have sewage in Blacksmiths. Remember the first really? beach we ever went to? Yeah, that was yeah. Blacksmiths. Okay. Um, and then my grandmother had a toilet when she got the extension put on the house that you had to go outside. It was still a flush toilet, but you had to go outside. But you always checked. You'd never go to the toilet in Australia without checking. Check for spiders. (laughs) Well, and other things. You've seen pictures of snakes in toilets and stuff. So this is an actual really dangerous spider. This is not your normal house spider. It's not as dangerous as being bitten by a funnel web. But you don't want to be bitten by a redback spider. No, that's nasty. Uh, Has there ever been a good reason to pack up shop, sell the family home, and never look back? This has to be up there. The photos emerge online of a golf ball-sized redback spider making itself at home. In a house somewhere in Australia. Holy crap. Terrifying picture shows a spider and an equally large sack of spider eggs. <gasps> that is just scary. As far as how they should handle their un- unwelcome guests, there seems to be an overwhelming popular suggestion from Reddit users. You got a flame floor handy? <laughs> <laughs> so did you burn the house down? <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look at the sack of eggs. Yeah, that's just... That's just oh, <sighs> God. So I would say, and I do this... No, I do it myself. Here in, in Canada, if I see a spider in my house, mm-hmm. I will capture him and put him outside. I like oh, yes. spiders. We've always done that yes, in our house. Done. If it's a fly, if it's a, a bug of some kind, squash dead right then. Mm-hmm. But spiders, I realize how helpful they are, so they will mm-hmm. go inside. Mm-hmm. This fucker, mm-hmm. I'm killing it dead. Oh, yeah. No. The second I see it. Uh, and it's little babies, too. Yeah. They're all going down. I have down. to say I would, too. I would. Something that seems to be this. Yeah. The, the spider, which originated in South Australia are considered extremely venomous. Mm. There has been only one known death, though, since the introduction of anti-venom in 1956. Mm. So do you all have, like, anti-venom in your bathtub? 
Bat well, room? that's my question is if you get bitten by a funnel web, oh, there's an anti-venom, but I don't know, you're an hour away from the hospital or whatever. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how that works in Australia now. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I grew up in Australia and we, you'd see red backs yep. and not inside. I never saw one inside. And um, we found a funnel web in my grandmother's backyard one time. But they're very shy. It's not like they're going to, you know, run out and attack the family and do a mass killing. <laughs> you know, they're just spiders. Serial killer spider. Serial killer spider. That's right. This might be the most interesting email we've ever gotten on DLTU. Oh. It's from our friend Terry Enns. Hello, Sean and Melissa. As an avid listener and complainer to DLTU. <laughs> now, you're, he's not a complainer. He's not a complainer. He's made one opinion known. He wasn't complaining. He was made one opinion known about the language of the show. And we discussed it, and we appreciated it, and Absolutely. we paid attention to it, mm-hmm. and we haven't completely cut out cursing, but... Well, much less. Much and, less. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not a, I didn't yeah. see that as a complaint. Yes. I wanted to share two things with you guys which can be discussed in the show. I'll preface this by saying again, I have the utmost respect for you two for talking about your lives in the mic for all to hear. On a previous show, Melissa mentioned that she believes thinking positive thoughts brings about positive things happening in your life. I thoroughly agree and have been working hard to think this way throughout my life. Sean mentioned that he can't get behind this and doesn't believe it's true. All you have to do is read Sean's Twitter timeline, Mm. and you know that's what he believes. I've almost unfollowed him a number of times for this. Would love to see him talk positively about positive things, and I know that's hard to do these days. Sean, just try it. What have you got to lose? (laughs) That's the first part of this, and I find that really interesting. I've had this conversation with people on a fairly regular basis about my twitter feed and it's always about oh you're so negative or you're so angry you're so you're all the time whenever someone says that i go to my twitter feed and i sort of read through the last few hours a few days depending on the time frame and it always fascinates me that for the most part over time i would say my twitter feed is about 50 50 happy fun jokes pictures, fun, exciting things. And the other half, I wouldn't say half. I would say another 25% is political stuff. And then a quarter of it is, like, yo, God, yo, I'm so angry at you, kind of thing. But as human beings, we tend to focus on the negative. We, it, it seems like the negative makes more of an impression on us than the positive stuff does. And we all know this from our own lives. Melissa is a beautiful woman. I absolutely adore uh her and her look, the way she presents herself. But you often think that, oh, I'm, I'm so ugly today. I'm so unattractive today. Hmm. And that's very common among women in particular because of our society and the way we Damon this morning. Damon this morning. <laughs> Damon is a gorgeous young man. He is. And yet he's all sad and, and upset about the fact that, oh, I'm not attractive, that kind of stuff. Hmm. There's that line that you'll get 100 uh, compliments but that one negative thing sticks with you more than those 100 compliments. Well, it just do. shows you the power of that, um, doesn't my, it? My latest tweet was about salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> um, Apple Insider posts a dumb headline, and I said, what is that? You've got to do one thing with the other. Um, there's a hoax eye picture. Brandon, a retweet. Uh, how to select multiple apps on iOS. Ordering a box of crickets, that story we talked about. Oh, yes. The quality of the images out of the camera from the drone. So I'm just going through these, and oh my God, look at me, I'm flying a drone for the first time. A story about Apple stores. Uh, you don't want me throwing up in your pool. That that that. Uh, oh, pool. the, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Another retweet. Uh, uh, retweet that's funny. 
another story. So et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you go through my Twitter feed, most of the stuff I see um, is at least neutral. Neutral, right? So when people say say that stuff, I always pay attention to it because I want to make sure that I'm I'm not always angry because I'm not in real life always angry. Oh my goodness, no. But I want to make sure that that my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed and everything else portrays who I am in real life, and that's one of the things that. I think people have been surprised about. It. I've heard them say this to me, that you're exactly like you are on Twitter. Yeah, because there's not, there's no two Shans. There's no public Sean and private Sean. No, there isn't. There's Sean. To, 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 to Melissa's chagrin, <laughs> at times. Um, so there's, there's. I'm not going to hide anything. If I'm feeling good, it comes through on Twitter. If I'm feeling angry, it comes through on Twitter. It does. I've been offended by you on Twitter, and sure. I don't follow you on Twitter. <laughs> Terry, I don't even follow Sean on Twitter. Lots of people have been offended by, by me on Twitter, but lots of people have been amused as well, too. Yes, so, yes. So that's an interesting point, Terry. He says, uh, as a Bible-believing Christian, I do believe that we are put on this earth to be happy and have fulfilling lives. Doesn't mean we're going to go have, t- sorry, doesn't mean we're not going to have tough times, but he gives us hope for a fulfilling and blessed life. After a six-month battle with cancer, my dad passed away on December 15th of this year. He was a huge influence in my life, and after working working with him for 11 years every day, I now run his company in an industry he was well-respected and very well-liked. It's tough continuing on in his footsteps. We're reminded of him every day, but I know he's in a better place, suffering no more. First of all, our deepest condolences. Terry, I had no idea that your dad had passed away earlier this year, and that's got to be tough to have dad gone at Christmas. Yes, very much. And as he mentioned, running dad's company, where everyone knew dad and everyone loved his dad. And he's being reminded constantly. Of that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that the, 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 I always love the line, Dr. Seuss, don't, don't cry because it's over. Be happy that it happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you grieve for your dad, but also know that it sounds like he was well-loved and well-respected by you and, and others. But the idea that his belief system, I love the fact that he has a belief system that allows him to look at the world in that particular way. And you not directly, but indirectly share a similar belief system, right? That positive thoughts affect the universe. Mm-hmm. If only if it affects your personal universe, you know, your arms reach universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to start somewhere. And I find that, that, that philosophy very interesting. It's neither right or wrong either. What Terry believes, his Bible beliefs, his, his God, God beliefs, are not wrong. Just like your beliefs in your version of spirituality are not wrong, as are mine. And I'm always interested to talk to to sane people about this. You know, you you can't talk to fanatics about this kind of stuff because it's, I'm right and you're wrong. You're going to hell and I'm I'm going to heaven. Mm -hmm. But talking to reasonable people about these, these kinds of beliefs, I always find really interesting. Because I can't find a way, and this is not an insult to you or Terry, I can't find a way to believe that if I just think positively, my thoughts affect the world. My actions do. If I, um, I can't say if, if I go out and work hard, because I, I theoretically worked hard my entire life and it hasn't gotten me where I want to be. The the old line of just just dream it, and it will come true. No, it won't. Do you believe that? Just dream it and it will come true. Mm. No, I don't use the word dream. No, I use more of a like a manifest, like try and manifest it. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of people following the philosophy that 
if you believe in abundance and if you try and sort of create abundance, because you can have a certain attitude. Money is a perfect example. Like you can be constantly down in the dumps about money. You can let it get you down on a day-to-day basis. I am. That's definitely a true problem. Yeah, and then it can it can be it can be repressive. It can be it can affect every moment of your life. This concept, this money thing that doesn't. It certainly does for me. I mean, it affects my life deeply. Yes. Well, I mean, it affects many many people's lives very deeply. But to me. You have to change the way you think about it sometimes and, uh, and, and be, believe that you have abundance in other things. Yeah. And then I don't know, maybe so are you, saying you that will if, have abundance. If, if I believe in abundance, however that's defined, I'll get more money? Well, at least, at, at the very least, you'll feel better. What is abundance? Define abundance. To me, these days, abundance is being able to sit out there and eat pancakes in a sunny kitchen with my husband and my son. Abundance is turning on a tap and having running water and going, wow. And ha- abundance is having a little tiny house in this beautiful part of the world. Yeah. I have so much abundance. I have beautiful people in my life. I'm healthy. That's all abundance. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, yes, it's connected to money in a way. No, everything you just said. Everything is connected to money. Connected to money I know. Without money, you wouldn't have those things. You no, I wouldn't. So they're therefore uh, they are abundance. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I, I love talking to Terry. If you have any more thoughts, please, or anyone else has any more thoughts, uh, DLTU at yml.me. dot um, I don't dis. I, I would never disparage your belief or Terry's belief or anyone's belief in abundance and positive thinking. I just don't. And maybe this is the problem because I'm so logical and fact-based. I don't see any evidence of that. Mm -hmm. I don't see any proof of that. And I understand that faith belies proof. Mm, It does. If you have faith, you can't have proof. I think you're bound by your logic and your... Yes, I agree. Which I understand. I mean, I get it. I have a science degree. I know all about that stuff and how important it is. But I also think that there's beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I find that, like I said, I find that very interesting, and, and I've tried to understand it and then do it, but because I, I can't understand it, mm, I don't you, see the evidence mm, of it. It stops you in your it's tracks. Not, exactly. Well, it's like often um, my friend Corey will, I'll, I'll be in a slump, and then she will say to me, and she doesn't try and talk me out of it, she, we just listen to each other, but then she'll say to me sometime later, a lot of your language around money is concerning me lately. Mm. I hear you say, I hate money, and, and, and I get into that negative cycle. And then we just talk it through, and I realize, yeah, I've been stuck in that negative cycle. Mm. And it brings me down, and, I don't, and it brings my relationships down. Yeah. It brings how I feel about myself, my relationship with myself, and what I believe that I have accomplished in this life, and... It really is a chain reaction. It is, yeah. I mean, and I haven't told you this, and I'll tell the audience this. You have had um, four or five items. Your favorite shopping website is revolve.ca or revolve.com? Oh, yeah, yes, revolve. Yep. Is it .ca or .com? Give them a I guess .com, .com, yeah, I guess. It's not a Canadian site. It's oh, okay, I didn't. I'm sorry, yeah. so probably .com. Yeah. And you have no idea how guilty I feel 
that you have had these four beautiful items in your cart for a month. <laughs> and you almost every night, she's like, oh, I'll push the button tomorrow. I'll push the <laughs> buy button tomorrow. You have no idea how guilty I feel that I can't push that buy button for you. That I don't have the money to buy these beautiful things for you. And it's not like Melissa is materialistic or um, is always wanting money to buy all kinds of ridiculous, frivolous things. Melissa, has, you haven't bought new clothes, certainly since I've been with you the last year and a half. No. And I don't think we talked about it before. You haven't bought new clothes in two or three years. No. And there's nothing wrong with the clothes you have. They're lovely. But you are so beautiful and vibrant. I wanna, I've said this to her. I'd like to see you in more bright colored clothing. Mm-hmm. Because the, the bright stuff you do wear, I love on you. The mm-hmm. yellow mustard scarf, the red hat, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had the money where I could go in there and click that buy button for you. And that's where money gets me down. Oh. That's where I feel bad. And I can't imagine abundance in that regard where I can make my wife happy in that regard. I need money to do mm. that. Abundance won't do. Good thoughts will not do. Thinking positive doesn't do me a damn thing when it comes to things like that. I understand. I do. But the reason why I don't press the button is because you have to be very, very careful in believing that if I press that button with those beautiful things, that it's going to make me happier mm. or that is what's going to make me happy. It's what do women call it, that retail therapy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not women, I suppose men. Yeah. I shouldn't but be retail, saying right. that. Retail therapy. And I, 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 I'm so cautious of that. I don't want, I mean, I want those things. And they're very simple things, yeah, are, but it yeah. takes me months. And I've done that. I'm just very careful, that's all. And so I don't expect, I don't want you to think that I'm doing that because of any other reason other than I'm just being cautious for myself. No, I, don't, no, I absolutely do not. It's not about, oh, Sean, yeah. you know, why can't you buy me that's these right. things? I'm not, I'm not like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm not frivolous in that way. Uh, secondly, I said, Terry, thank you very much for that email. It's wonderful. Yes, email. Terry, thank you. Uh, second, I sorry. I know what it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to lose your one of your parents. It's oh, God, just heartbreaking. Yeah. And Especially, as you said, he, he's been working with him for 11 for, years. Yeah, by his side. I worked with my mom, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not many of us get that opportunity to work with a parent yeah. for a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, Usually I found it, you, you, you have to be there because it's the family business. But I, when I returned, when I went to work cause, uh, and mom wasn't there, I didn't cope yeah i actually had to leave yeah, i couldn't sense. stay there so, yeah. but, so you can imagine how hard it is for for terry with very parents. hard yes secondly i see melissa bought a drone for the starting point photography trip to lisbon and sean can't spend 150 bucks to get melissa's iphone 6 plus screen fixed <laughs> or 200 bucks to get her a new phone on a contract come on sean take care of your lady <laughs> see this is what i'm saying that's true yes you know i mean that's exactly he's he's 100 right i felt really really bad that you were walking around with this busted-ass phone screen that I couldn't just go give me that and, and go down to the store and, and, and spend 100 bucks and get it fixed. Now, I sold some stuff, and the first thing we did, as soon as I sold that stuff, boom, we went to the store and, and, and got your screen fixed. Yes. And, sh- and now you have a lovely new... I do, screen. and I don't need... And, and uh, I don't want anyone to think I need it. My phone is perfectly fine, the one I have. I don't need a new phone. Uh, and now I have, we got a case at yep. YVR Airport, and I've got a fixed screen, and I'm happy. 
Terry says, anyway, thanks for letting me babble. I love the show and pray for you guys often throughout my day. Oh, that's just so beautiful. I have heard from people who say that kind of line offends them. My my, For me personally, it's the same with me for Merry Christmas. If I was Jewish, someone wished me Merry Christmas, I would take that with the love that's intended. Yeah. Th- Terry, thank you very much oh, for your prayers. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's absolutely wonderful. And I believe in prayer, too. I do. I really do. My favorite uh, story about prayer, I, when I was a kid, when I was 14, 15 years old, and living with my dad and stepmom in Nova Scotia, my stepmom wouldn't let me um, play on the church softball team unless I actually went to Sunday school. <laughs> So I, I would go to Sunday school during softball season. As <laughs> soon as season was over, I stopped going to Sunday yeah, school. Yeah, but you still went, didn't you? So I was the, surprising no one, I was the smart ass of the Sunday school. Oh. I have always, <laughs> really? I find it hard to believe. <laughs> For whatever reason, I think it has something to do with the fact that I was a lonely little kid and beaten up by other kids up until I was about 12 years old, that I became my own leader and I didn't worry about what other people thought about me. Because in Sunday school, I had no problem challenging, not challenging in an in a aggressive, nasty way, but certainly questioning the youth pastor. And he was a very nice guy. I think he was like 21, 22 years old. He wasn't much older th- than us. Um, he was the assistant pastor and the youth pastor. And so he would tell us the usual Sunday school stuff, and I would question him. Mm-hmm. I would ask him, how, how do you know this? How do we? Again, me being fact-based. It's good, and though, that you were questioning. And I remember thinking, I got him this time. I got him on this one. Because the, the, the sermon was about the Lord answers prayer. And I stood up in this youth youth council, youth Sunday school. <clears throat> they had Sunday school for kids, and they had this sort of teenage Sunday school. And it, it was very interesting because they talked very frankly about a lot of things, drugs and sex and that kind of stuff. From a religious point of view, obviously, but not from a hardcore abstinence kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, so he said... You know, God answers prayer. And I thought, I got him on this one. Got him. So we stopped, and I raised my hand. Yes, Sean? Pastor, I heard my my stepmom, my, my stepmother was uh, is very uh, Pentecostal and, and, and very firmly religious. And um, I said, Pastor, I accidentally heard my, my stepmother praying uh, the other night. She was, she, she, I'd gone to the bathroom, and, and she was in the bedroom. Something had happened. In the home, and she came. She came upstairs to the bedroom, and I could hear her praying, "Lord, da da da." And I was like, "Ooh, I, you know, I don't want to listen to her. This is a private thing." But I heard her pray. I'm saying this to the pastor. I heard her pray that the farm needed a new tractor. That without a new tractor, we were not going to be able to 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 gather the crops that we needed for the upcoming season. And there was a danger of us possibly losing the farm we were on that much of a nice edge as most farm most family farmers mm, are mm, mm. and you know my my stepmother was with my mom was saying you know i'm not asking this for, for myself lord I, I don't need anything for myself but i need this for our family and i said to the the youth pastor you know six months went by we went through the season my dad somehow fixed the old broken tractor that we had but we didn't get a new tractor now you say the lord answers prayer he didn't answer my mom's prayer. And I was very serious about this. You know, I'm challenging him. Explain to me. He can't. I mean, explain to me why God didn't answer the prayer. And the pastor looked at me and said, Sean, I completely understand what you're saying. But you have to understand this. Look me right in the eye. You have to understand this. God answers all prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit, okay. Mm. <laughs> I didn't, uh, all right. I, mm. uh, 
Mm-hmm. All right. That, that sort of made me go, and blew my mind, thinking, yeah, of course, of course, sometimes you see God's going to say no. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, I need a seven on this die roll. No, get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know. But he answers them all. Sometimes the answer is no. Yeah. And we got by. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's mm-hmm. what it was. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the lesson that God was trying to teach us. My dad had how to fix the tractor. Mm-hmm. So dad had to go out and find out or fix. There was some engine thing. I don't understand engine, so I have no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. But, and the next season, we got a new tractor. So maybe he answered a prayer late. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. That you guys hung in there. Anyway, thanks very much, Terry, for, Thank you, Terry. for that wonderful, very much. wonderful email. And everyone else, if you want to send emails like that, well, I'm oh, happy, yeah. to, happy to, I'm not going to make fun of anyone or yell at anyone or call them, well, it depends how stupid it is. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to make any promises, but if you send something remarkably dumb, I'm going to make fun of you. Okay? You will. I, yeah. I will. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I realized I couldn't. I, I I couldn't say that. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. This is the truthfulness of this man here. This is a fascinating story. <clears throat> we woke up on uh, whatever morning this was, and you said, oh, Trump has gone to Iraq. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and these kind of trips, um, uh, Bush did it, Obama did it, these are always secret uh, when they go into a war zone, because the last thing in the world they want is Air Force One shot in the sky. And nowadays, these little ground-to-air missiles are fairly cheap to get. All things considered, during the um, Russian-Afghani war, the Americans flooded Afghan with, with these things called Stinger missiles or shoulder-launched bazookas, mm, heat-seeking mm. missiles. And every one, the, the Mujahideen were just hit. The, the Americans were like, well, take all of them. Shoot as many down, Russian helicopters down as you can. Great. But they're still there. So they're, they have justifiable fears of someone sitting outside an airport in, in Kabul or or Iraq, and taking down Air Force One. So that's why these things are secret. Getting away from the political aspect of it, one of the scary aspects for governments in general, and certainly Americans, are, is this story, how Trump's secret trip to Iraq became not so secret. About six hours, sorry, it was a crisp winter morning in Sheffield, England, when amateur photographer and plane enthusiast looked out his window and noticed a large trail in the sky. He didn't know he was about to accidentally help uncover a highly sensitive secret presidential trip. It was Air Force One. Mm. He happened to just look out, because it was a plane spot. You and I look up at, at planes and go, eh, plane. Mm-hmm. He got out of his binoculars and his camera and took a picture of it. And Air Force One is very distinctive. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful plane. And it's very, very distinctive. He said, I was, um, I was amazed that when that came to pass, I knew it was one of the two VC-25s. That's the modified Boeing 747 that the president uses. There's only two of them. That's mm. Air Force One. And it's Air Force One when the, when the president's on it. The plane normally flies on the call sign AF-1. Uh, but in this case, it showed up on a, on a, a tracking website. It's RCH-358, uh, or REACH-358. REACH is used by the military to designate cargo planes. So they were they designated it as a, as a separate plane, not as Air Force One, as a cargo plane, so don't look at us kind of. But they got spotted. That's got to be kind of scary for the government and the military if nowadays we have the, this ability to spot these planes in the sky. Well, why make it look so distinctive then? There's that. Will they, com- will they camouflage Air Change Force it. One? yeah. But I don't think they will because the Air Force One is... I don't, I don't think they should. You've got to be proud of that image. You got to, you know what? Really? Even, nowadays? Yes. Uh, I believe okay. that. <laughs> when I was traveling through Europe as a, as a, as a high school t- teenager, and I saw Americans with Canadian flags, it really pissed me off. 
because mm-hmm. Canadians are very well liked in Europe. Canadians are known around the world as being polite and kind and all that kind of stuff. And these Americans, I walked with one guy in a youth hostel in London and said, hey, what part of Canada are you from? He said, Texas. I'm like, no, dude. Oh, yeah, I saw it all the time. Be proud of your own flag, even if that flag causes you problems. If it causes you problems, then do something about it. Don't hide behind some other country's flag. Stay, if you're a patriot, if you're patriotic, you got to be patriotic outside the U.S. borders as well as inside the U.S. borders. And if that scares you or worries you, then don't go. I don't think that has anything to do with what we're talking about. But what I'm saying here is the Americans shouldn't camouflage Air Force One. If, if, if that represents your country, then you don't hide. Americans, according to Americans, Americans don't hide. And no. If, and if you camouflage Air Force One, you're hiding. Yes, but they're doing things for safety and security all the time. True. But I think in... No, it's in, what that would be. I th- yes, I agree. I think in this case, you just suck it up. Air Force One, by the way, has got some amazing anti-aircraft, anti-missile measures well, I'm sure. that we don't know anything about. Right. You know, there's all kinds of things. So it's unlikely a Stinger could take down Air oh, Force One. okay. Okay, then. I love this story and I hate this story. Six flights in three <laughs> days. A flight attendant's dad finds a way to see her on Christmas. Aww. 25-year-old flight attendant, her first Christmas away from home. Dad flew on her flights for three days. Oh, so he my God, I want to cry. So he could hang out with his daughter on Christmas Day. How rich is dad? Well, di- oh, he didn't get a family discount? Yeah, even if he did, still. <laughs> you're, you're booking a day flight? Yeah, that's, that's, but that's mm, very sweet. That's so sweet. Not quality time, though, I have to say. <laughs> say hi, honey. <laughs> have some peanuts? Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> dad, what do you want? Oh, I just want to say hi. I haven't seen you in like an hour. <laughs> she's in the, she's, she's in the, in, in the flight attendant lounge. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's dad 24A, again. isn't it? God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Uh, That's your section, Susie. No, no, no. You go. That's right. It's your father. You go. (laughs) I think it was a very sweet story. very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Got this one on. uh, Very strange. We're going to, in the very near future, within our lifetimes, I'd say within the next 10 years, have autonomous self-driving cars on our roads in everyday use. <clears throat> the uh, the question has always been, not always, but this is a, a, a side question that we're not answering yet. What do we do when, it's not if, when a self-driving car is about to get into an accident? Who does it save? The passengers in the car or the person in the road? So just hypothetical, you're driving down the road, next to a cliff and there is a human being standing in the road and if the car swerves it goes off the cliff or a bridge let's say a bridge one 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 lane bridge some idiot standing in the middle of the road car's traveling too fast to stop does he do you run the person over saving the passenger or do you make a left or a right and go off the bridge killing the passenger we haven't answered those questions we haven't figured that out because we we have to figure that out because there is going to be a situation where you're not gonna be able to stop in time well and the car is gonna have to make a decision and that decision comes down to the programming of the car. Yes. A self-driving car can choose who dies in a fatal crash. These are the ethical considerations. And they've got a list of who is more important. And that's going to have to happen. But it happens in real It would happen now in real life. Yes, but that's, that's a human being making that choice as opposed to a machine making the choice. Well, who, who programs the machine? Exactly. 
And what are the ethics of the person programming the machine? What, what's the moral fiber of that person programming the machine? Well, so it's he, too he, much of a responsibility oh, no for kidding. any human no to, to, to program that. Preference in favor of sparing characters. So this is these are objects in a path of the car. If they avoid, the, the assumption is if they avoid these objects, the passenger dies. Okay, so keep that in mind. Not the, not the passenger is going to be an accident. Just assume the passenger will die in this sense. So the most important thing is a stroller. Okay. Okay, so the car recognizes a stroller. It'll kill you instead of running over the stroller. Okay. Girl. Secondly, girl. Oh. Thirdly, boy. Wait, oh dear. what? No, child. It should be the exact same. Yeah, child. Why is a girl more valuable than a boy? Goodness me. Well, are or they equal? Are no, they they're e- not. I'm looking at the, 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 the chart. Girls rated higher than boy. Okay. You know why? No. Girls give life. Girls have uteruses. Boys don't. Oh, come on. That's the only thing I can think of. The stroller could be empty. Could be empty. That's that's one one of the questions I had. Pregnant, and this cracks me up. Male doctor. <laughs> oh, the male doctor. Yes, but not a female doctor. She's next. Oh, <laughs> well, he could be a plastic surgeon. Female Big whoop. Female athlete. Yeah. Well above male athlete. They're usually hotter. <laughs> I don't know what this is coming from. This is weird. Wow. This really oh, gets, reveals a lot. It gets weirder. So those are the things the the things the car would avoid and kill the passenger. <sighs> what are the things that the car would run over and not kill the passenger? Well. Number one, large woman. <laughs> I'm, this isn't true, though. It is. No, no. This is this is someone's assumption. This is this is not what's going to happen. This no, is but saying, why are they putting large woman there? I don't understand. Secondly, large man. What? But large man. The the the, uh, the chart's going in reverse now, so it's less likely. A large woman is more valuable than a large man. So the car is now going for it, and uh, I don't understand. There's a large man in the middle of the road. The car has a choice. Run the large man over? Yeah. Or drive off the bridge? So they run the large man the over. Large... <laughs> okay. Homeless? <gasps> okay. Old man, old woman are equal. Dog, criminal, and cat. <laughs> <laughs> the criminal got put in between the two of those. But so a homeless man, they don't even segregate man, yeah, woman, homeless. Just, yeah, if they're homeless. But the thing is, how the hell is a car supposed to know? I don't know. That's just... How would the car know I'm a criminal or not? Uh, because you look suspicious. What if I was a criminal doctor? That's right. Or a pregnant criminal. Yes, a lawyer. What, what about a lawyer? Run them over. Just... <laughs> That's what I mean. Female we, lawyer, male we, lawyer, run matter. them over. <laughs> Baby lawyer, I don't care. Just run them over. I know. We have plenty of lawyers. <laughs> we have more than enough lawyers. It's so disturbing, it's, the whole... The whole... It's, it's an ethical, moral thing. We gonna, we're going to have to fit. You broke my bat. This isn't your bat. This was Rory's little rubber bat. <laughs> No one, 
What I was going to say, don't let me lose my train. I just, I just did something here. <laughs> you my bad. Now listen, in this true circumstance, a human being would sure <laughs> stop. You broke my bat. What were you doing with this bat? I was playing with him. I never destroyed him. Can I speak? Explain Just, why you broke my bat. Because I was fiddling with it and I was so stretching you its face. You br- why were you stretching his little face? Look, there's his face. What is wrong with you? Sicko? <laughs> What I was going to say is that the human brain would be so flooded in this circumstance that there would be no thought process, really. Remember, this is an autonomous car. I know. But what I'm saying is that you're – so you you can't impose – you can't say that an autonomous car can necessarily make better or worse decisions than a human being under those circumstances. But it has to make a decision. It has to make a decision. We're talking about like a taxi. Yes. Right? You're in the back seat. You yeah, have no and it's control just, of this vehicle whatsoever. Yeah, and it's just doing what it does. Yeah, and it's been programmed to do. But like I said, these are conversations we're going to have to have about <sighs> these kinds of vehicles. When they start roaming our streets on their own, because remember, part of autonomous vehicles is going to be the fact that you're not going to own your car. It's, going, it's all going to be Uber. Mm-hmm. Right? Be just, your city will be having these... Empty autonomous cars roving it because you don't want, you don't want to park them because mm-hmm. that takes up space. So they'll just be driving around. Yes. And then you'll call one and it comes to your house. You get in the back seat, open your paper, away it goes. What happens in these – because these situations happen to human beings on a regular basis. That's what I mean. And, and it can never be predicted one way or the other. No. It's impossible. What they're trying to confront everybody with is something that's impossible to make a decision about. You can't. Every year, uh, the local nine one one British Columbia Emergency Services posts their dumbest calls of the year. I do not understand how, and these are all adults, how how your brain can be so broken to allow you to dial nine one one and make these complaints mm. and not realize you. Forgotten what nine one one's about? You didn't know what nine one was about. How can you be this stupid and still ambulatory? Speaking of human decisions and human brains, someone called nine one one to complain a local fast food restaurant wasn't open twenty four hours a day. Someone called to complain a store won't take shoes back without the original box. Oh my god! To complain that a gas station tenant put the wrong type of gas in their car. And that's not possible because. The, the, first of all, we don't have gas station tenants in, in, in B.C. No. Secondly, the nozzles are a different shape. You can't do it. To report a restaurant wouldn't redeem a customer's coupons. To ask for help turning off their car lights. To report their vehicle's windshield wipers that stopped working. To report a lost jacket. And to ask if the clocks move forward or backwards during the time change. Oh, Google gee. that shit! Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. This is a situation where the 911 operator should be simply be allowed to, I'm hanging up on you, sir, and to hang up on them. Mm-hmm. You're an idiot, sir. Well, that's why these good dispatch people are meant to be there, you know. Just unbelievable. I, I honestly do not understand how you can be that stupid. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. We've talked uh, in the past about school uniforms. Yes. And, and how both of us like the idea of school uniforms. Very much. I've never gone to school with with the uniform you have. All my life. And even though I haven't, I still like the idea if for for 
I think the same reason you have. At least one of the reasons is it takes that that pressure off of young people to buy the best clothes and to conform and all those other kinds of issues. Yep, it's an equalizer. Well, how about this? It's hard to skip class in China because school uniforms now come with trackers. Well, but in Australia, though, if you skipped, like in Australia, you would look and go, what's that kid doing that? Because you'd have your uniform on. You'd look weird. But would you do something? What do you mean? If is you as a, a human being walking through the mall at oh, one if in the I knew that parent, or I'd say, why was no, Mary no, in the? If, if you knew, if we no, you didn't know the parents. Just a strange kid. I might say, how come you're not in school? What are you doing? Or oh, something like that. But I don't know what, why these. Tra- this system allows them to track the kids when they leave the school grounds. <laughs> the te- the school the school. So in theory, you could have alarms and warnings and that kind of stuff. I don't like that. No, I guess because, well, see, to me, if my child had a doctor appointment they were going to, I'd let the school know my kid has a doctor appointment and they'll be out of school. Yep. I don't know. Why are they doing this so that kids don't truant? Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a bit much. I think it's over the top. I like the, I like the school uniform stuff, but I don't like the... It will happen, though. There will be baby. There will be ways to track children and young adults. At there will come point. a time, hopefully not in our lifetime, but there will come a time, possibly in the time of our grandkids, where you'll be able to chip children. You will. Just like you do dogs. Absolutely. You'll be able to insert it in under the skin. or And I don't know if I would do that. I, I think I wouldn't. I don't think I would. No, I mean, I've it's had coming, my though. boys and there's no way I think of it now. And I think, no. Imagine, and this happened in some Scandinavian country, I think Sweden. Um, these people voluntarily did this. Embedded in their wrist was basically their credit card and doctor and medical information, driver's license. All that stuff was embedded in their arm, so they would just swipe their arm to yeah. do this stuff. But that means they can also be tracked. Yes. Too. Yeah. No. 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 Because to me, there's always an ulterior motive to do with Agreed. those things with the government nope. and whether with it's there's something suspicious going on. My son. Let's go to the uh, advice section of this column of this uh, show. Again, uh, DLTU, uh, email to DLTU at YML.me. My son married a lovely young lady, Sandra, about 10 years ago. They have two elementary-aged children whom I adore. Sandra has always been insistent that her children never be around her father, Bernie, alone. Bernie was a dear and charming man, and I had no idea why she would be so cruel. Um, hello? How stupid are you? Are you not realizing why she's saying that? Sandra's explanation was that her father had a terrible temper, which did not seem like a good reason to deny him a relationship with his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You can see where this is going, can't you? Yeah. Grandma's yeah. a moron. Grandma, is it? Well, yeah, okay, go on. I watched the children after school, and I began inviting Bernie over to spend time with them. A few weeks ago, I had to run to the grocery store. I left the children alone <gasps> with Bernie. When I came back, both children were sobbing. My cabin door was smashed. It was too high for the children to break. And Bernie had forced the older child into a corner and was yanking on his arms and screaming curses so loudly my neighbors could hear him. Oh, my God. I immediately asked him to leave, of course, and tried to comfort the children who were shaken. Sandra found out and is now intensely angry at me. No shit! Oh, my God. (gasps) She refuses to speak to me at all. No shit! (sighs) And has put the kids in daycare. We used to do Christmas together, but Sandra has rescinded my invitation. I'm heartbroken. 
I feel so guilty for what happened, and can't Sandra see that I had truly had no idea, and I am a victim? Sorry, and I am a victim too. How can I convince her to let me back in the children's lives? Screw you, Grandma! Mm, yeah, no, she didn't honor what the mum had said, and you have to do that because mums know. It's too bad. I that feel just... I feel sad about the thing overall, the whole thing for everyone. What? You see this happen on a regular basis, and I know <laughs> you and I are going to do it when and if we have grandchildren. You no, know, no, you you can have some more chocolate. You know, <laughs> Mom, don't give Susie chocolate. He's no, like, it's okay. It's okay. She got chocolate. Hey, sorry. Oh, we're grandma and We can do whatever we I want, want jokingly. So that's the kind of attitude that goes on mm. here. But this is serious. Very. If she made it so clear that, that Grandpa had a, a violent temper and she was afraid to leave the children alone, you don't. You take the kids to the grocery store with you. Mm. Or you don't go. Or you send Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You are not a victim. You're a moron. Mm -hmm. And you deserve to be punished at whatever level mom wants to punish mm -hmm. you. Until she maybe is ready to you forgive and move forward. You may not see these forward. kids for graduation in high school. Because mm -hmm. I have no problem with, with mom cutting you out of those children's lives completely. Because mm -hmm. you're a bad grandmother. Mm -hmm. You're a bad human being. Mm -hmm. You're a danger to those children. What if dad... What, what if Grandpa wasn't just violent, but sexually violent? Oh, my God. Maybe that's why Mom said don't leave the kids alone with them. But no matter what the reasons are, Mom said do not do this. Mm. And you went ahead and did it. Uh, yeah, well, because she felt sorry for him. Well, guess what? We don't feel sorry for you. No, and the damage is done now. You kind of, uh, just... You know? Oh, my gosh, that reminds me when you said she's a bad grandmother. My my son's my mother in law my ex mother in law she very complex woman can be beautiful charming very intelligent extremely tempestuous multi dimensional could be an evil awful woman when she wanted to no. anyhow she was in one of her states one time and she um ran over Damon's little bike that we'd bought him when we used to Aww. go to Vermont. She backed up over it. On and, purpose? Um, oh, she, uh, she she was in one of her states and she all angry at her husband and went out and did this. Anyways, Damon, not even, I think he must have been just over two. He came back into the the the, the cottage in Vermont and he went up to his grandmother and he said, You are a very, 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 very bad grandma like that. It was hilarious. He had no qualms in saying you're a very bad grandma. And honestly, it was a classic Damon moment because his brother, Rory, would never have done anything like that. He would have been devastated. He would have retreated, cried, not coped. But Damon would, you are a very, 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 very bad grandma. <laughs> All she could do was just take it in stride and agree with him. You're right. I am a very, 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 very bad grandma. Oh, mm. dear. I recently received an email from my ex-husband, who lives in the same state as my daughter. I'm remarried. In it, he asked me to agree to a budget he has given my daughter for her upcoming wedding. There was no discussion with me regarding the amount. 
He gave her a budget of one hundred thousand dollars. <gasps> expects me to pay half. Oh wow! Uh, no, I, impossible. <laughs> no, even if it was possible, <laughs> uh, no. Sorry. If I had Bill Gates' money, I'd say no. No. You're not spending money much money on a wedding. When I emailed him back and asked how he would ride such a crazy number, he responded that his brother had spent that amount on his two daughters. Yeah. So? I said absolutely not. The number was flat out ridiculous, and he should never have promised that figure to begin with, let alone without consulting me. Your thoughts? Yeah, your ex is a moron. Oh, that is insane. Why would any couple want to spend that much money on their wedding? You know what I want? I want a thousand dollar wedding and nine hundred nine nine hundred ninety thousand dollars in my pocket. Yes, please. That's what I would like. Yes. Thank you very much, Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. And we'll elope, and, and well, then you can give us the budget. You, okay. Well, we'll you can come to the. We'll have a civil ceremony. You can come to that, and you give us. We'll have a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. One hundred thousand dollars. I don't care who you are, unless you are royalty, like literal royalty, and you have to have that kind. I mean, there's no way that. You know, uh, uh, Megan and, and and the redheaded kid. What's his name? Harry. Harry could have had a, a, a loped. No. They had a thousand dollar civil. They ceremony. had to have they a wedding because they, they had it for everyone, for That's all the right. Commonwealth people. So unless you're having that kind of wedding, no, you're not spending a hundred thousand. A wedding shouldn't cost more than five thousand dollars maximum. And That's yeah. w- that's with the booze budget at the party. Yeah. Matter of fact, your party should cost more than actual wedding. Yeah. Right. Your 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 liquor bill should be more than. What you spent on the services. Yeah. There's no need for anything more than that. I don't no. care. I don't care who you are, Bridezilla, the gown. Oh no, no. You bought well. you went and bought a beautiful gown that suited you perfectly and it was certainly I don't know how much it was, but it was certainly under five hundred dollars. Oh my god, that was from the Revolve site and it was on sale. Yeah. So that's all you need. Folks, oh yeah. It, this I... is not that important. Well, unfortunately important. there are a lot of girls that want that magic day. I think that is so destructive because if that's the kind of person you are, that's going to lead you to other problems. It it's is. either a symptom or a cause of other problems. I agree. Because no one actually needs that. No. No, they don't. But as I said that, my I know someone's going to email me and say, well, no one needs a Ferrari either. No one needs a drone either. No. So what's the difference? I have to think about that. Yeah, I just realized that as I was saying it, I, I I may have painted myself into a corner here. My daughter, Belle, and her husband, Ben, are getting divorced. Ben's parents have always said they love Belle, and that if Belle and Ben ever split, they'd keep Belle. Dude. Mm. <laughs> now that they're, are, they're divorcing, his parents have called and left messages. They want to talk. They specifically want us parents to mediate and help the kids reconcile. Oh. The kids are in their late 30s. Oh, sorry. I do not want to talk to them. I think the idea of us parents mediating is ridiculous. My husband isn't sure. What do you think? I'm pretty sure Ben hasn't been honest with his parents about why they're divorcing. Uh-oh. Oops. What did you do, Ben? Yeah, no kidding. I think it's a terrible idea for us to get involved. You don't. No. No. You no, call no, up no, Ben's no, parents no, no. and say no. Yeah, just say we're so sad yes. and we love Ben yes. and we don't know what's happened, yes. but you have to let them make their own decisions. Yes. Let's keep out of it. If you want them to have mediation, then you can pay for counseling. They yeah. can go to some a professional to do it. Yeah. But we're just the grandparents. We we, we don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Don't get involved. Mm-hmm. Do not jump into that. Well, they obviously don't want to lose the daughter-in-law. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. But, you know, shit happens. 
you have to accept that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you cannot, as older adults, mediate to these middle-aged adults. Oh, no. And get involved in their relationship. No. Bad idea. If they want to come to you and say, oh, I'm so sad. This is the reason why we're divorcing. Da, 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 da. Well, I think you should do this. Or have you thought about that? That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you can't have an intervention. And not get together. And, yeah. yeah. You, you, you just can't. Oh, God, no. That would just be. My mother-in-law, so you encourage me to leave, leave her son. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She used to tell me to. <laughs> That's Crazy. awful. Yeah. And then she still would have, I would have still been her daughter. Very odd. That is very that's terrible. Oh, I know. She did it on several occasions. You should leave him. And, oh, she didn't quite say it that way, oh, but anyway. Son, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Folks, uh, we're, we're cut, not cutting it short, but I'm cutting this off because I want to go fly a he drone. He wants to go flying. I want us to go fly. The beautiful day here. Stunning, stunning, stunning. We don't get many beautiful days this time of year in this part of the world. It's going to, on Tuesday, start raining for a week. So I got today and tomorrow. I want to pra- practice. It's very funny. Our son, Damon, who is an, an incredible, incredible photographer and a very accomplished drone pilot. He's like, well, just go here and fly through these trees. No, dude. <laughs> no. Just, I want to be well, in wide think, open space Yeah, mm-hmm. to practice on. I know, but I think he's kind of looking. Uh, well, it's become an, an second nature to him. Yeah. So when I say, well, Sean's not ready to go to Gospel Rock, which, by the way, folks, is beautiful yeah. lookout yeah. over the ocean, the wide open Pacific Ocean. But um, Damon's like, yeah, yeah, it was a really nice day for that, Sean. Sean's like, no. <laughs> well, the thing I'm is, going to the field. <laughs> I know this from experience that people who are good at something don't necessarily know how to teach it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen him do it already where he says, here, just do this. Without explaining to he's me. He's not a good teacher. He's not a teacher. Exactly. He thinks he is, but he's actually not yes. a good we teacher. We could teach him to be a good teacher. But, and the way I learn is by doing things step by step by step. I want to understand what every single thing on that drone screen. If you've seen a drone screen, there's a shitload going on. I want to know what all those. I'm going to go through every single one of my settings and decide whether I want it on or off or up or down or whatever it is. And I want to understand everything this drone does before I start flying it through trees and crap like that. Yes. That's just my nature. But it's also a $2,500 piece of equipment. Well, I could also see that you could fly down it somewhere that's a bit more. I understand why you want to fly at the field, and I'm not, I, I totally get it, but I think that you would be ready to, to go a bit beyond that by tomorrow. Yeah, I think, I think, but yeah, if we go out for two batteries worth, worth today, um, yeah, I think I would be comfortable enough to go just basic flying, nothing fancy like, like Damon does. All right. We are very impressed. Damon was just drooling over Oh, he was drooling. He has a Mavic Pro, the previous model of this one. But this version is a significant update in the camera, in the quietness of the drone, and in its ability to do things. And he was blown away by the image quality. So was I. Oh, it's incredible. The, uh, posted a couple pictures on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. And uh, someone said it's a very expensive selfie camera. But it <laughs> took really, really good photos with a um, Pretty much auto mode. Mm-hmm. And if you're knowing about photography or have taken my classes, you know that auto mode is great, but it's average. <clears throat> You'll get better if you learn the other modes. But if this thing is taking great photos on auto mode, when I am able to then use more creative modes, aperture and shutter speed and that kind of stuff, ISO, the photos will become even better. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. It's taking mm. so many, so much better photos. The idea of this is we want to take this to Lisbon with us to shoot there and to uh, shoot in Vancouver because a little sneak peek, 
our next starting point photography workshop is going to be here in Vancouver in sometime in September, maybe late September here in Vancouver. We have oh, much more than a workshop. It's a travel experience. Exactly. It's an experience Vancouver. Experience. So many folks who are listening to us right now have never been to Vancouver. And Vancouver is, I have no worry about saying that the single most physically beautiful city in North America. It's a stunning it's city. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. absolutely gorgeous. It's a great town. to. When I remember yeah. when I first visited, when I first landed yeah. in Vancouver, I was blown away. It's a great town for food, especially Asian food. Wonderful restaurants, yep. beautiful, spectacular um, visual, yeah. visually. The biggest downside Stanley Park. for Vancouver is the uh, history. There's no history here. History is a little over 100 years old. Yeah. So coming from being a European guy, you know, being a fan of European history, that's the only downside I find about Vancouver from a tourist point of view. Not a lot of history here, but it is a beautiful city. It's beautiful. So we're going to have a lot of fun next September. So that's a little sneak peek for you folks who are tuned in to Don't Listen to Us. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. And as Terry proved, we'll talk about anything. Whatever you want to email us about, we're happy to, to talk about. I want to say thanks, as always, to our official Australian correspondent, Scott yes, Thrift. thank you, Scott. And uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. Hope I hope you all have a wonderful New Year. We are we are going to be old folks and have a very quiet New Year. Just well, we've got ourselves. our, yes, we've got our pate, and pate. we've got some nice cheese. We've got some pros- prosciutto, prosciutto, pros- where how do you? Prosecco. Prosecco. Which is Italian champagne. Yes. Well, well if, I wanted to get the Spanish champagne. If, but. You're, if you're looking for bubbly and you see champagne that costs 60 bucks a bottle, don't. Get the Prosecco. Yes, Prosecco. It's, it's Italian champagne. It tastes no, – it's not champagne. Italian sparkling wine. And I don't like sparkling wine. I love champagne. I don't like sparkling wine. Mm. But Prosecco tastes like champagne. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderful. It's only like 20 bucks a bottle. Yeah. So go ahead and get yourself a bottle of Prosecco and try that. Uh, so everyone have a, a wonderful, happy, safe, fun New Year's Eve. And we shall see you all in 2019. Mm, happy New Year, everyone. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. This has been Don't Listen to Us. See ya. Bye.